when the real you and the real God have a real conversation, what you're doing is you're spending time with God. Mm -hmm. And like, what do you do when you spend time with someone? Like, mm -hmm. you talk, you listen, you ask questions, you you wait for a response. It's not it's not a transaction that you're having. It's a conversation that you're having. Hey everyone, welcome to The Walk Podcast. This is a place where we can answer honest questions, talk about hard issues, and walk alongside one another as we explore how spirituality fits into real life. I'm your host, Gil Shelsby, and today we're talking to Aaron Schwab about deepening your prayer life. Aaron is a pastor here at Mountain. She's a devoted Jesus follower and a gifted teacher who has been a blessing to our church community. Fun fact, she was a lawyer before she was actually called into ministry. She's also a devoted wife and a mother to her awesome husband, Brandon, and two kiddos, Ella and Luke. The word prayer brings to mind all sorts of things for us. Some of us are intimidated by it, and some of us aren't even interested in it at all. Aaron is here to guide us through it all in a practical way. Let's jump into our conversation with Aaron. Aaron, welcome on. It's really good to have you. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about you had come in and done a teaching for young adults on the topic that we're about to get into mm -hmm. on prayer uh, and did an amazing job, of course, equipped some of our young adults to, to pray for the first time, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we were like, man, there's so much more we could say about this topic. I wish we had a podcast or something <laughs> like that. And here we are, almost like a calendar year later. It's a yeah. reality. So it's really cool that, that conversation ended up and is a reality. And we get to kind of dive into that stuff today. So really grateful for you, Aaron, being willing to jump in. So today's topic is prayer. What is prayer? How do we pray? How should we think about prayer? can be an intimidating topic yeah. for a lot of people. Aaron, share for us a little bit about just your journey with prayer, what, it's, what's, what that's meant to you and your experience with prayer over the last couple of years. Prayer is, gosh, yeah, such a big topic. I feel like there's going to be so many things that we leave on the table here, but uh, I think we're going to cover some really good ground today. Mm -hmm. And my hope and my prayer is that our conversation would just spark something new or renewed in folks and that there would just be this hunger for prayer. I know I've needed that in my life throughout many seasons. I grew up in a house where we went to church. So prayer was something that we kind of did at church and you did at home or like in a Bible study, but there was never really any instruction around it mm -hmm. in my life. It wasn't until I was an adult, probably even a little beyond young adult, <laughs> until I really began to dig into like, what is prayer? What does that mean? How do I do it? Why would I do it? And I can remember seasons in my life where I just thought, like, what's the point? Like, if, if I had this idea of God that, well, he already knows what's going to happen anyway, so what's the point of me mm -hmm. talking to him about it? And as we'll get, we'll get into it a little bit later, I think that's not really the right yeah. or the best way to approach prayer. It's not really a healthy and good framework 
But it took me some time to to unwind that and unlearn that, to deconstruct that. And whenever we deconstruct something, it always needs to be followed up by reconstruction. Mm-hmm. And I've just been really fortunate to have some great people in my life who who uh, pray really well, I mm-hmm. think, who have guided me. Some of those people have been people I know who uh, are friends of mine or mentors of mine. And some of them have been people whose books I've read who mm-hmm. I'll never get to meet. But there's just so many good resources out there about prayer, which is awesome and good. Um, and knowing about it is really important, but knowing about it is not the same as doing it. Yeah. And so for me, I can kind of get into this mentality where like, I, I need to understand it and figure it all out and know the process before I take that step into mm-hmm. it. And so what I've learned for myself is, is yeah, there's value mm-hmm. in understanding it and there's always more to understand, but I can't let that trip me up from mm-hmm. actually engaging in prayer and as I have engaged in prayer more and more in my walk with Jesus, it's just been a beautiful and a good thing. It's been enriching. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's been become so deep and wonderful and just such an integral part of mm-hmm. my life. I can't imagine mm-hmm. life without it. But that isn't where I started. It's more of like I can look back and see that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Certainly good to have trusted people to guide you along the way in your journey. I know that's part of my own story as well. So yeah, well, great. Thanks for that. Let's just jump right in for people who are wondering, what is prayer? For for Jesus followers, for all people, what is prayer? How would you describe it? Yeah, that's that's not a big question at all, Gail. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think first I would say you don't have to be a Jesus follower to Mm. pray to the God of the Bible. Prayer is a real conversation between the real you and the real God. Mm. But being a Jesus follower opens up this this amazing opportunity for the nature and the frequency of that conversation to just drastically change and deepen in powerful and meaningful ways that that really can encompass your whole life. Mm -hmm. Oswald Chambers, he says, prayer is not an exercise. Prayer is life. Or as Paul explained in the New Testament, it's in God that we live and move and have our yeah. being. And it reminds me of this quote from, from Richard Foster where he says, the desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all long for that. And one of the best ways to dig your well deep is to develop a life of prayer. But I think you and I know, like that doesn't just happen by accident. Mm -hmm. It takes intentionality. And while prayer is this deep and awesome thing, I don't think it's meant to be overwhelming and intimidating. I think anyone, anyone can pray. Anyone can be intentional about developing a life of prayer. Mm -hmm. And in our instant gratification culture, I think we really need to give ourselves permission for it to take time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, in my story, I look back and see all of that, but that's not where I started when there were lots and lots of steps along the way. And I had a really wise friend say this to me one time, and it always stuck with me. You are too important for God to rush. So give yourself permission for prayer yeah. and developing that life of prayer to take time. But as important as it is to remember what prayer is, this conversation, it's also really important, I think, and served me well over the years to remember what prayer isn't. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a few things I've learned, and this isn't an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination, um, but these are just some things that I have picked up along the way in my own journey. And the first would be that prayer isn't always pretty, but it is always personal. I think a lot of times we feel like we have to kind of get things cleaned up, get ourselves cleaned up, have the right words to say when we pray especially if you're praying with other people, there's like that high pressure, like, what oh, do I say? No. Like, it's, it's like, does anybody want to pray tonight? And everybody's silent because nobody wants <laughs> to kind of thing. And it can be intimidating when you hear other people pray and you're like, wow, they're really sure. good at that. They sound so smart and spiritual. And so we can get this sense that there's a right way and a wrong way mm-hmm. to do it. But the truth is like God wants our real and honest prayers. Mm-hmm. It's important to remember that Our Bible contains examples of just those kinds of prayers. The Psalms are full of raw prayers. And Jesus himself prayed viscerally before he was crucified. Prayers are not meant to be pretty. And we're not meant to be pretty as we do it. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I've prayed lots of prayers while ugly crying. Mm -hmm. And I've prayed so desperately I've had moments where I have prayed so desperately that I I actually pulled a stomach muscle one time, just (laughs) praying just so hard. And I felt felt physically exhausted when I was finished praying before. But that's an honest prayer. That's not, there's nothing pretty Mm -hmm. about that. And I can remember a time where it was during COVID and there was just so, there's just so much heaviness Mm -hmm. everywhere. And I found myself carrying it, but not processing it. Yeah. And so I started getting asymmetrical migraines, which is my body's way of telling me, hey, you should process your emotions. So (laughs) thankful for this complex system that God designed. And I knew I needed to grieve the things that I was carrying. But I knew that this was more than just like the Hallmark commercial cry. You know what I mean? That like my kids are used to me crying like that. They know I'm sensitive in that way and everything. But the kind of like grieving I needed to do, the kind of crying I needed Mm -hmm. to do, I think would have like scared them. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't something I could just let out when we're all huddled in the house together all the time. So I told my husband, I said, okay, I feel like this is what's happening in me. And when the switch flips and I need to cry like this, I'm going to lock our bedroom door and then I'm going to go into our closet and lock our closet door. And Uh then I'm going to go into this little room that I have that I can go into inside our closet. It's just like a little storage room. And I'm going to close that door. And if you, if, you, if you see this happening, just keep the kids away. And, <laughs> and it's because I'm going to cry. Yeah. And, and I did, man. And I sat in that room in pitch dark. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just wept and sobbed and mm-hmm. heaved probably for like 30 minutes, which is a long time to do something like that, yeah. at least for me. Yeah. And I think that prayer was pleasing to God. I think I was close to the heart of God that day. I love what you just, the way you worded it before, prayer is the real God and the real Mm -hmm. you. And what you just described, what you're saying, I guess, is like, there's something like holy about you being the real you in front of God. That's actually maybe how God prefers it is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. God grieves alongside us. God has tears alongside us. God, God cares for us deeply. And by engaging in those emotions, it's like, I got to know his heart better. And I mean, that's, that's part of the gift of prayer is that we, we align our hearts to God. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't just mean that we feel good all the time. Sometimes it means that we draw near to his heart and we grieve alongside of him as we grieve alongside others. And so, yeah, 
that isn't pretty, but it is really personal and it is really real. Yeah. And it helped my migraine. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that, that I feel like I've learned over the years is that prayer is not magical, but it is mysterious. We live in a day and age when we, we want what we want and Mm -hmm. we want it now Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And we all carry around these little magic wands in our, in our pocket that they do exactly that. Right. Uh Have you ever waited 10 seconds for your phone to load like a website or something like that, or for an app to Uh open? It feels like an eternity. I think my threshold is like three seconds before I start to get pretty annoyed (laughs) because it's not giving me what I want when I want it. And iPhones are magical, I think is what you're saying. I mean, I have a Samsung, but can we we still be friends? Maybe less magical, but (laughs) maybe a little bit. But we are, we're so deeply conditioned to expect instant gratification and immediate results. Mm -hmm. And without even knowing it, we bring that same posture to prayer. We expect it to work like it's a magic wand. And when it doesn't, we get disillusioned and we get frustrated. And I mean, I've been there. But we also live in a day and age that demands we understand something completely. Mm -hmm. And if we can't, then that something is false or at the very least it shouldn't be trusted. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's something that we bring to prayer as well. Our phones may be magical. Uh, I guess the iPhone is, I don't know. (laughs) But we do understand them or at least we can find someone who can. But prayer is like, it's not like that. Um, sure, there will be people who are further along in the journey who can help us, but we all have to get comfortable with the idea that we won't have all the answers when it comes to prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer isn't something to be figured out, a code to crack or like a formula to get right or even like a process to mm-hmm. follow. Prayer is an expression of our mysterious relationship with God that somehow the God who made the universe wants to communicate with me through this thing called prayer, I mean, like, I can't even begin to figure that out. And, mm-hmm. and if I approach prayer like it's this results-driven subject to be conquered, like, yeah, I'm going to wind up frustrated and I'll miss out on the wonder and the goodness of prayer. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But that takes some, like, intentional rewiring. Uh, I need a better framework mm-hmm. to bring to prayer. And getting comfortable with mystery has been really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've learned is that prayer isn't transactional. It's more transformational, mm-hmm. I would say. Oftentimes we assume that prayer is like a vending machine. I put my, my money in and, and then I get what I want out of it. Even if we aren't that crass about it, if we're being honest, we still expect to experience like something when we pray. The problem with this way of thinking about prayer is that we can assume it's like not working because we aren't getting the desired outcome mm-hmm. because God isn't doing what I want. If it can't give us what we want, then what's the point? Right. You know, and the problem with this approach to prayer is that it puts me and my desires and my will at the center of the universe. And it fails to consider that the one to whom I am praying is actually at the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. It assumes that I know what's best and in Like every situation, even though I don't know if this about me, but I haven't existed before time and space were created. Did you know? Did you know that about me? And I can't see all things. And I don't. Fun fact. Yeah. I don't know all things, but I still stubbornly insist that things turn out the way that I think is best, no matter how pure and good my Mm -hmm. intentions may seem. But prayer offers something much better than getting God to do what I want. Mm -hmm. Prayer gets me to do what God wants. And I've just found that there is no greater joy or freedom in this world mm-hmm. than that. Somehow, 
when I pray, prayers that are, that are honest and ask God for the things I deeply desire, and I'm willing to surrender those very desires to him. Then prayer becomes a means by which God transforms and he heals mm-hmm. my heart and heals my mind. When the real you and the real God have a real conversation, what you're doing is you're spending time with God. Mm-hmm. And like, what do you do when you spend time with someone? Like mm-hmm. you talk, you listen, you ask questions, you, you wait for a response. It's not, it's not a transaction that you're having. It's a conversation that you're having. You do stuff alongside one another. You enjoy one another's presence. You communicate your love and affection to mm-hmm. one another. And sometimes, like, if you know the person really well, you can even sit in silence just comfortably together, yeah. right? And those are all things we can do in our relationship with God, and each of them is a form of prayer mm-hmm. and a practice that, that communicates with God. Mm-hmm. But prayer, no matter what shape or form it takes, it, it, it's deeply enriched when we come to it with an honest desire to just be with God, not like get something from him and an honest desire to be changed by him. That's really good. Like mm-hmm. we really do have a magical worldview of a lot of different things, mm-hmm. like the phones, like everything in our world, we really are expecting something from. What is this going to give me in return? And what you mm-hmm. just described, it's a way less superstitious way of understanding mm-hmm. God and even the world than like normal people are. Like mm-hmm. God actually can meet with the real you. It's refreshing to hear that. For people who are hearing what you're saying, but are thinking, okay, well, why bother? Mm. Why should mm-hmm. I pray? What, what difference does it make for any old person? What yeah. would you say? Yeah. First, I would say, I think that's a fair question. I don't think there's any shame yeah. in asking that question. I think it's an important one. And I guess... My first response as a Jesus follower would be to say, like, why should we do it? Well, uh, Jesus prayed. Mm-hmm. And if we want to be people who follow him, then, that, then we do the stuff that he did. And if he prayed, then we pray. And if you're someone who follows Jesus who's, or, or even who's curious about what following Jesus looks like, I just want to say, like, prayer is for you. Mm-hmm. You should do it. The Bible tells us to pray. Jesus isn't the only example in Scripture that, that we see of mm-hmm. prayer. There are, are lots of Scriptures that tell us, instruct us to pray. First Thessalonians 5.16, pray continually. Ephesians uh, 6.18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Mm-hmm. Colossians 4.2 tells us to devote ourselves to, and to continuously and steadfastly pray. Mm-hmm. So the Bible's full of instruction and examples of people who pray. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, like, like, prayer makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Time and again throughout Scripture, God hears the cries of his people and he responds. Now, that's not to say that God always answers how and when we want him to, that he's like some genie in a bottle and um, I get to summon him up whenever I want to or whenever I think is best to do what I think mm-hmm. is best. God is God and I am not. And there is a lot that, to be honest, like I don't understand here when it comes to prayer's that are prayed and unanswered. And honestly, like I would be really wary of someone who, who claims to have all of, That's right, yeah. all of those answers. But when I find myself in that space where, where I've prayed honest prayers that I feel like are coming from a pure and good place and they are left unanswered or it feels like God is quiet, I have a choice to make. I can throw my hands up and say, you didn't do things my way, God. And we're breaking up. I've had it with you. You must not be good. 
and I can go my own own way under the illusion that I am the captain of my own destiny. Mm -hmm. Or I can say with all the honest frustration and anger and disappointment and pain that I'm experiencing, I don't understand. And I trust you. That's the example that we see in Jesus when he prays in the garden the night before he's crucified. In this passage of, of scripture, we encounter Jesus praying to God with deep desperation and an agony over the supper, suffering and, and separation he's going to experience as he endures the cross. And even though he knows like how the story ends, even though he knows this is why he came, it doesn't, it doesn't stop him from wrestling mm -hmm. in prayer and wanting this, this pain and suffering to pass. He prays in utter anguish that this cup would pass from him, that the mm -hmm. suffering on the cross, the separation from his father would be taken away from him. He's asking God, do I really need to go through this? His body is wretched and he's sweating yeah. blood. He's, he's overwhelmed by sorrow. Mm -hmm. Do I really need to go through this? And yet in the same breath, and with the same measure of agony and sorrow, he prays this raw truth. I trust you. Mm -hmm. Either way, I trust you. Your will be done. And that's not comfortable, but there is something profoundly beautiful and good about that. And I want that for me, mm -hmm. you know? Prayer has become so sanitized and mm. like sentimentalized. Mm -hmm. I, you picture like, Someone hands folded in a church mm -hmm. quietly and what you just described is something totally different. And now I'm thinking back to like the Old Testament is full of these pictures of oh, yeah. lament and grief and bringing just the whole of the human experience straight to the feet of God. And that's what prayer looks like. It's way more of an adventurous thing, mm -hmm. maybe even like a dangerous thing. You don't know what God's mm -hmm. going to say to you. Yeah. It's a living, active thing. Uh, what you just described, mm -hmm. I think, is amazing. It's not the way we typically think of prayer. Yeah, yeah, we definitely don't. And we don't just pray in order for God to change things. We can, and He can. So we should keep praying those prayers. And I'm in no way discouraging people from, from crying out to God for the desires of their heart. In no way. Do that. Absolutely. And be willing to lay those desires down before him because one of the amazing things that happens in prayer and the, one of the reasons why I do it and you should do it and we should all do it is because prayer changes us. Like I said earlier, prayer offers something much better than getting God to do what I want. It's getting me to do what God wants. And I have just experienced that time and time again, just a, a softening of my heart or a releasing of a desire or like a strengthening, a direction, all of those things. Just even even in that prayer of lament, like a, a nearness to God's heart. And, and so prayer changes us as we mm -hmm. pray and shapes us and forms us more into the image of, of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I need to be reminded that I need to be affected by the fact that the God of the universe who created stars and strawberry seeds and lightning and laughter time and taste buds, you and me, that that, that God so loves me mm. and you and the world <clears throat> and is so deeply affected by my brokenness and your brokenness and the world's brokenness that he sent his son to be the ultimate example with his life and, and the ultimate atonement with his death, that that, that God draws near to me. Mm -hmm. 
that God made himself accessible to me through Jesus, and he wants to spend time with me. Like, that's crazy. In my, in my room, I go into the one that I went into with like the lights off. I yeah. have my, my good cry. The crying closet. Um, the crying closet. Oh my gosh, maybe that's the new <laughs> name for it. Um, well, we call it the prayer room in my yeah. house, um, but that's okay. Um, so in that space, I go, that's the space I go into every day when I like pray and I read my Bible. And in that space, I have two pictures. One is this big panoramic picture of the Carina Nebula, which is just like this giant nebula out in space somewhere and it's like 50 light years across which is just like stupid long like there's math involved that i'm bad at but it's really long like it would take you a million years or something to travel at this yeah i don't know it would take you 50 years at the speed of light to travel across it there you go 50 light years okay so it's (laughs) giant and it's beautiful and it's amazing and it reminds me of how like vast and powerful and beautiful and awesome god is and then I, the other picture I have is this little like two inch by three inch black and white drawing of Jesus holding a child. And they both like have their eyes closed and the child is just nestled into Jesus's chest and he has his hand on the child's head mm-hmm. and his eyes are closed too and his head nestled into the top of the, the child's head. And it's just this beautiful, tender picture. And it reminds me that that's how the galaxy making God mm-hmm. longs to hold me. Mm-hmm. And prayer is the way that I invite him to do that. And like, man, when I think about that, gosh, I just, I want more of that. And prayer can be this place where, like, we want to get answers from God. Like, we think we do it because we're trying to, we slip into, like, that transactional mode. Like, I want to get these answers from God. We want to hear God's voice. Like, I want to ask a question, and I want God to to respond. And, the, and there's there's good in that. Like we want to do the will of God. We want God's input on things. We want his direction. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we can like pray about a specific thing and we want to hear something specific from God about that specific thing. And we kind of approach it with that agenda in mind. But while God can certainly offer that, and sometimes he does, like what if there's more important things he wants to say? If prayer is a conversation, then all conversations require speaking, which I'm really good at. I can, I can do that a lot, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it also requires listening. And I believe that way more than giving you life advice, God wants to galvanize your mm-hmm. very identity. Mm-hmm. He wants you to hear him saying things like, I see you. Mm-hmm. I adore you. I am with you. I want you to receive my love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control so much so that it overflows out of you into the world mm-hmm. that I so love. I, I want to partner with you, God says, to heal and restore what is broken in this world. And, and prayer is the conversation where we get to hear those things. And I think sometimes we can, I don't know, miss the beauty of yeah. that because we come into it with our own agenda. Yeah. I love that too because you think of prayer as this like closed off thing away from the world. And of course, like there's value in that solitude withdrawing. Jesus did that. A huge part yeah. of Jesus' own rhythm is withdrawing to lonely places and communing with God in prayer. But it sounds like what you just described is like prayer is a thing that moves you to live life well, that like prayer and action or Mm -hmm. prayer and life are not separate. They're intertwined, I guess. Totally. Yeah. 
What is that definition from Robert Mulholland that spiritual formation is being transformed into the image of Jesus for the sake of others? Yeah. So if all I did was sit in that closet, and I did do this for years, and have these holy moments with God where, oh, I just soak it up and it's great and it's great. And uh-huh. then I walk out and go about my day and nothing in my day-to-day changes. Yeah. I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. You're hoarding it. Yeah, you are. You're hoarding it. And we're never meant uh-huh. to do that. We're vessels. Vessels are you pour something in and you pour something out of a vessel. Yeah. It's not meant to just hold meant it. to flow through you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Let's get real practical in the time that we have left for people who might be beginning to pray. Maybe they've tried a long time and and are still figuring out the prayer thing. Just some practical guidance for how to pray. If you were to take us to prayer school and you had a couple (laughs) minutes, Aaron, what would you say? Oh, boy. I'd like to go to that school. (laughs) Let's see. I think that the best place to start would be with Jesus' own instruction. When his disciples asked him, how do we pray? That's where we get the the famous Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. the Our Father. That prayer is powerful, and it it's a prayer that is revolutionary. It's a prayer of deep surrender. It's a prayer of deep dependence. It's an intercessory prayer. It, there's a lot packed into those words that that can just sometimes become so familiar that they're empty and meaningless. But I try to end each of each like every morning when I have my quiet time, you know, Bible reading, prayer, journaling sometimes, whatever. I try to end that time with the Lord's Prayer, or at least have it at some point in in that time. And when I pray it, I try to pray it slowly and contemplatively, like each line. Our Father in heaven. Oh, wow, God, like, you're my Father. You're in, 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 like, in heaven, like, meaning, like, you're not geographically, like, far away from me. You, you are holy and set apart. And I'm not alone in this. I'm part of a community of people. While this is me and you right now, like you said, it's for the sake of others. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm part of a body. So that hour, even, that word hour is meaningful when I reflect on that. And hallowed be your name. Hallowing is like, may your name be made holy. And I need that. I need that because like, I come into the prayer, even, even Jesus's prayer, with my own agenda. Sure. And that hallowing of his name changes my mindset. Suddenly, when I, if I come into prayer and my problems are the biggest thing, that's going to influence what that prayer looks like. But when I come into prayer and I allow God to become the biggest thing, hallowed be his name, that changes what my prayer looks like in a really good and beautiful way, which is probably why Jesus told us to say it. He was on to something. He kind of was. <laughs> Your kingdom come, your will be done. Like I could go on, but just praying that slowly and contemplatively, really reflecting on those words and making that prayer my prayer has been really powerful. So if there's like one thing you walk away from this today and do, do that. Pray the Lord's Prayer every day this week. Take five minutes, set a timer, and just pray it slowly. Slowly, And if you make it to five minutes, cool. Like keep going if you need to. If you don't make it to five minutes, awesome. Like you pray the Lord's Prayer slowly and thoughtfully. Yeah. Like it's beautiful and it's good. Um, but don't just do it to do it, I guess is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't to get just get through it because you yeah. might miss out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Think about what it is that you're praying. And, you know, along with that, like scripture is full of wonderful prayers. Some of them are good one liners, like, My God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, guide me in your truth. 
Lord, I, I, God, my, I think it's Psalm 25. Lord, my God, I put my trust in you. There's longer prayers like in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, that's just praying to know God's love, which surpasses knowledge. I mean, gosh, that's one of my favorite prayers. And it starts off, I'm going to sidebar right here. That prayer starts off by saying, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family on heaven and on earth derives his name. That prayer starts off with like, for this reason, I get on my knees. Mm-hmm. Posture matters in prayer. We have this vision of, like you said, like hands folded, eyes closed, head bowed. That's cool. That's great. If that, if that takes you to a place where you can be focused on God, mm-hmm. uh, do it. Keep doing it. But I also want to just encourage people, like, it's okay if you pray with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Like, it's totally fine. And getting on your knees in prayer. I've laid, like, just flat on the floor yeah. in prayer. I've stood up and shouted and, like, threw my fist at the air in prayer. And that's not in disrespect to God. That's coming alongside of him in yeah. passion and care for people who he's laid on my heart to pray for. And so our posture matters. We're whole people. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And like your body, like your body can be a powerful totally. component of prayer. The Lord's Prayer, actually, we've done this a few times at Mountain in the, the messages on, on weekend services where we, there are actually hand motions to go along with the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Involving your body in prayer can be a really transformative and important part of that. So just sidebar there. Yeah, Posture matters. Try something out. Yeah. I think you mentioned before, like, yeah, the Old Testament has full of prayers of lament. So like the Psalms is another part of Scripture that it, the whole thing, just pick up a Psalm. Pray the Psalms. Pray the Psalms. Make them your own prayers. You'll find a lot of those like visceral laments in mm-hmm. there. And you'll find a lot of prayers of praise, a lot of prayers of cries for help, mm-hmm. prayers of thanksgiving, prayers that just recount the goodness and faithfulness of God. Make those your prayers. Yeah. And, and the Bible isn't the only place where we find uh, prayers that other people have written. Yeah. Praying prayers that other people have written is another really great way to get into prayer yeah. and to begin praying. I used to think that this was like, and wrong. And sure. I'm like, oh, I bet I don't know these people. Yeah. And who's this person to say? And I need to, to come say, up with the words. Uh, yeah. To... It's not genuine if I'm not the one coming up with sure. the words, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But thankfully, God helped me drop that because, man, have I just found a deep well yeah. of good, good prayers in so many different places. A.W. Tozer has a couple of books, The Pursuit of God mm. and The Knowledge of the Holy in each chapter, depending on which book. It's either at the beginning or the end of the chapter. Man, those are just. Those are just beautiful mm-hmm. prayers from a, a man who deeply loves God and longs to be closer to him. Mm-hmm. There's a book called Every Moment Holy that offers mm-hmm. liturgical prayers, um, if that's something that you're drawn to. Uh, I don't know if they have a liturgy for podcasts, but they, they do might. have some instructions on how to create your own liturgy. So maybe that's there you go. Maybe that's something we can work on. Yeah, and Every Moment and Holy is a thing where it's like they have a liturgy, which is sort mm-hmm. of like a, a thing that you pray together for normal little everyday moments. It's mm-hmm. like a liturgy for pouring a cup of coffee mm-hmm. or having a meal with friends or when a pet dies or something like yeah. that, which is a really awesome resource. I'm yeah, yeah. And they actually have two versions of it. One of them is kind of for, for those moments. And then they have another version that's geared toward some of the more painful moments of life. Mm-hmm. That And both are just excellent. Mm-hmm. There's another book called uh, A Diary of Private Prayer by a guy named John Bailey. Mm-hmm. And that offers morning and evening prayers for every day of the month. You cycle through that each month, and 
it's not something that, gosh, when I return to day one on the first day of the month again, I'm like, oh, yeah, I already know this. I already did this. Like yeah. the thing that you learn about prayer, the more you pray is you learn how you learn more that you don't know as much about prayer. <laughs> There's <laughs> right. more to learn, right? And so like you come back to that day one again and it's it's still fresh and still new, even yeah. though you've prayed it before. Or you get to reflect back on God's faithfulness over that past month or your or sometimes in my case, I don't know about you, like my unfaithfulness sure, yeah. in that month since I prayed that last. And so those are some great resources. There's lots of other ones out there too. So I think praying, praying other people's prayers, praying in community mm, is good. another practical thing that we can do. We were never meant to, to just pray alone with God. There, of course, are the scriptures about, like Jesus talks about, like when you pray, go into your, into your closet, close the door. And he's, he's, he's trying to change a mentality where prayer was a show. I don't think he's trying to give us an instruction on right. how every prayer in all of our lives should be, because sure. there's a lots of examples of corporate prayer in scripture. And so praying with others is a really important component too. And like I said, especially if you, too, if you're like new on the prayer journey, getting around people who pray regularly, mm-hmm. I mean, learning by osmosis is like really good. important yeah. and good. And then I think something else I would just touch on, if we could hearken back to the the crying closet, is like, yeah, praying these prayers of lament. I think someone said like 60% of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Mm -hmm. Pain and suffering are an inevitable part of our existence in this world. And if we leave that out of the conversation, then it's hard to say it's really the real us encountering the real God. And so I think it's important for us to bring our whole selves to God and not be afraid to name those things that are really hard and be honest about our pain and sorrow and cry out to God. And as we saw in the example of Jesus in the garden, like lament has these two components that are held in tension where there's like this visceral honesty Mm -hmm. and deep surrender, Mm -hmm. honest surrender. And that can look like 10 minutes of telling God how you feel, taking a deep breath and being like, I don't understand but I want to trust you. Your will be done. And sometimes those three words are the hardest words to pray. I have two kids, Ella and Luke, Mm -hmm. and in between the two, I was pregnant and we lost the baby. And I can remember when I, I knew the moment I was pregnant and right away I had like not a good feeling for some reason. And I just thought, what are you like, what are you trying to tell me, God? Like my mind's wandering all over the place trying to figure it out. And we went for the 12-week appointment, and they couldn't find the heartbeat. And I can remember coming home that night, and we had an appointment the next day to go to the actual hospital so they could use a different machine that would, mm-hmm. like, definitely give us sure. a reading. And I can remember praying that night, like, I don't know what you want, God. I know what I want. Like, I'd already begun to love this child. I've already begun to dream about what their life would be like, and what, what color I'd be painting the walls and what their laugh would sound like. And, and I can remember laying in bed and just, it was really, really hard to pray. Your will be done. But I got the words out and, and, and I didn't just get the words out to get the words out. God knew, God knew my heart and he had my heart. And the next day we went and they couldn't, they couldn't find the heartbeat. And it was really, really hard. And prayer carried me through that season, being able to cry out to God and know that he was near, know that he knew what it was like to be separated from a child. And when I look back, the timing of all of that 
would not have made my son Luke's life possible. And Luke, yeah. like he's pretty awesome. awesome. <laughs> and yeah. I, would, I wouldn't want to miss out on him. And just, yeah, the way our family dynamic is with him a part of it, and Ella too, you know, mm-hmm. is really beautiful and good. But if I had just hidden that from God, mm-hmm. I would have missed out on so much. Ella was a healthy pregnancy and everything was fine. And so the second pregnancy, you start telling people early. And so then there were a lot of people we had to share the news sure. with, which I'm so grateful for that we had a community of people you, that we yeah. could come alongside when it wasn't like this secret we were carrying. Yeah. But I found myself in those conversations being like comforting them, which was just weird, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, it's, I mean, it was beautiful to have people grieving alongside of us. And it wasn't that I wasn't grieving, but I was able to say things like, I'm going to spend my whole life trying to get close to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this child is already closer. Like, how can I, how can I be sad about that? Yeah. Like there's joy in that. There's mm-hmm. peace in that. But it's through cultivating this life of prayer where I knew the heart of my father and the voice of my father that he was able to comfort me and then allow me to strangely be a comfort to others who are grieving alongside me. We will all come to that place Mm -hmm. at some point. Like Mm -hmm. you will have a Gethsemane moment and that God is there with you in that place. Mm -hmm. That's a cool thing. Yeah. That's a big deal. And I think about the the chapter in Romans too, where it's the whole creation is groaning in that kind Mm -hmm. of way, sighing and groaning for things just to be made right. Like why the heck does this stuff happen? Like we all kind of feel that way. It says the Holy Spirit is there and it's like it takes the groaning or the utterless words that you have and it says, I'm going to take that up to God and mm-hmm. give it to him. And I mean, that's a beautiful thing. What a picture of what prayer is and what it can mm-hmm. be. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, Karen, do you have yeah. anything else on that? I think I would just say, just to build off of something that you said there, that, um, yeah, all of creation is groaning. And so if we expect prayer to be this thing that just makes us feel good, I'd be disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the 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 closer we get to the heart of God, we hold these two things in tension where we experience just the beauty and the goodness and the awesomeness of creation and people and heaven on earth and his kingdom coming and we we grieve for what is not yet. And we live in the midst of the, of the pain mm-hmm. of, of a world that, that has not seen Jesus come in his full return as much as we're able to partner with him to bring healing and restoration in the here and in the now. We hold intention, just this beauty and wonder and this pain and sorrow. And if we're doing one or the other and not both, we're missing out on something really important. The groaning in some ways, like it shows you what you're made for. You're made for a restoration mm-hmm. with God. It's a thing oh, we yeah. all long Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's really beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. With the moments we have left, you ready? Sure. Rapid fire? Okay. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Hypothetical. Why do I have trouble hearing from God in prayer? Mm. I think in my own experience, that can happen for a few reasons. Number one, I don't know God's voice. You got to know the person's voice in order to hear from them. There's this study, Bible study by a woman named Priscilla Schreier. It's called Discerning the Voice of God. And in that, she talks about how people would call her house and, he, and her, either her dad or her younger brother would pick up the phone. 
And people would always mistake them for one another, like always get them mixed up with each other. But when she would call her house, she knew exactly which one picked up the phone because she knew her dad and she knew her brother. And so we got to get to know God's voice. And you get to know God's voice by reading scripture and just soaking up scripture. Mm -hmm. And if you're new to doing that, awesome. Keep going and get around people who've been doing it for a while because they're going to help you discern. Discerning what we're hearing is really important too. Mm -hmm. And scripture is is just foundational to helping us to discern whether or not what we're hearing is the voice of God in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to know the Father's voice, it's easier to hear him, I think. I think that often we have trouble because we come in with our own agenda. So we're expecting to hear something. Like if you're in a conversation with somebody and they're talking and you're already thinking about how you're going to respond, are you really listening to them? You may not be hearing. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And, And like how often do we come into prayer like that with our own agenda? Again, not that we shouldn't be bringing our desires and our hopes and our dreams and our fears and all of that before God. We definitely should. But we got to create space for God to say and, and make of that time together what he wants to. And I think for me, too, another thing would be like, I'm distracted. Mm-hmm. I'm distracted. We live in a busy world, in a hurried world, and we don't regularly practice pulling away. We don't regularly practice like silence and stillness. And like when God spoke to Elijah, like it was, it wasn't in the, the fire. It wasn't in the wind. It wasn't in like these loud things. Mm -hmm. It was in the whisper that that went by. Not not to say God only ever talks in a whisper, um, but gosh, I need to posture myself to hear that if that is a way that he communicates. And so slowing myself down, creating space where I can actually hear and then distraction. Yeah. I keep a piece of paper and a pen in my crying closet. Yeah. And <clears throat> when I get distracted, I write stuff down because when it's on paper, it doesn't have to stay in my brain. And that allows my brain to go somewhere else. And sometimes that very list becomes the list of things that I'm like, oh, God, these are things I need to surrender to you and we should be talking about. So even incorporating those distractions into prayer, I think, can be really important. Yeah. But there's no one-size-fits-all answer to like, why don't I hear from God? Or how do I hear from God? It would be really nice. And if you find that answer, I would be very right, we'll interested in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, one more. What if prayer is boring? What if I get bored when I pray? Is that yeah. bad? Yeah. No, it's not bad. I don't think it's bad. And I don't think that there should be any shame in it. I honestly think it's really important to be honest about that. Hmm. But... It's also really important to keep in mind that prayer isn't something that we achieve. It could be that boredom sets in when we feel like we aren't doing it right and we question like our return on investment. We kind of, you know, we're in that transaction mode. We're in that magical mode, you know. Um, But we don't pray or really engage in any spiritual discipline for that matter uh, in order to seek some kind of spiritual high. We do it to seek nearness to God and to offer ourselves to him to be transformed more into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go into that little room every morning to open up the Bible and read and pray. And I have had days, I have had whole seasons where I go into that room and I don't feel any different when I walk out. Mm-hmm. I don't experience some emotional surge. You know, there's no divine revelation. Mm-hmm. It's just me sitting in a little room, reading the Bible, doing the thing, you know, praying to God. and 
I just keep showing up because I think that's what obedience looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not until after the fact that I realized it, it was that very boredom, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. It was that very lack of emotional high that was the thing that was shaping me. Wow. So I wouldn't like, I wouldn't try to get rid of the boredom necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I said, no, no one size fits all response right. to boredom either, you know, but I wouldn't necessarily like push that away right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're on your way to being formed in the right kind of things, maybe patience and faithfulness and those. Yeah. Things. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, maybe some mm-hmm. advice for any of those wanting, if they want to dig deeper, I don't know how you can go any deeper than these last hours. <laughs> oh, so, <geez. laughs> but if hypothetically someone wanted to dig a little deeper with this stuff, do you have any resources you would point people to, to say like, here's the next step, check this out. Anything? Yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, if you want to go deeper, oh, awesome. Keep going. Just keep going. That is beautiful. And I think just pleases the heart of God. And there are lots and lots of good resources out there to learn about prayer to be inspired to pray more. And some of the ones that have been really impactful for me, there's a book that recently came out called Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools by Mm -hmm. Tyler Staten. Super good book, man. I never wanted to pray more than as I was reading. And when I finished up that book, I'm actually getting ready to read it again with a community of people. I'm really excited about that. What an awesome title too. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, I like it. John Mark Comer's book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Like, like we were talking about, distraction is so powerful. Our pace of life is so powerful in drawing us away from a life of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really gets at it in, in, in that book. Mm-hmm. So creating, it, it, it's a book that I think helped me to create space in my life for a deepening of prayer. So highly recommend that. Also from him, he has a, a ministry called Practicing the Way, and they have a podcast. They have a prayer mm-hmm. practice that they do on the podcast. Super good. There's a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaros. It's a book, but it also has an accompanying day-by-day devotional for 40 days. It's got t- like two devotions a day. Just uh, there's scripture in that. There's a devotional reflection, and then there's a prayer at the end that really helped me to engage a lot of my emotions in prayer, like bringing the real me to prayer. and that. His stuff, emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy relationships, emotionally healthy discipleship, emotionally healthy church, so much emotional health. That's right. <laughs> uh, really helps me to engage that, that aspect of who I am. Yeah, those are some really good ones. Well, Aaron, I just want to say thank you. Thanks for giving your time and bringing to bear just your walk with the Lord and what God has taught you uh, in your own prayer life. I think it's really valuable, really grateful for you taking the time. I'm wondering maybe if a good way to end this is, would you mind just praying for us right now and praying for our listeners as we wrap up? Yeah, I would love to pray for us because knowing about prayer is really good, but praying is so much better. Before I pray, I'd love to read something that I found that was really beautiful to me. It comes, it's a quote from Richard Foster's book, Prayer, Finding the Heart's, home, Finding the Heart's True Home. And it goes like this. The key to this home, this heart of God, is prayer. Perhaps you have never prayed before except in anguish or terror. It may be that the only time God's name has been on your lips has been in angry expletives. Never mind. I'm here to tell you that the Father's heart is open wide. You are welcome to come in. Perhaps you do not believe in prayer. You have tried to pray and were profoundly disappointed and disillusioned 
You seem to have little faith or none. It doesn't matter. The Father's heart is open wide. You are welcome to come in. Perhaps you are bruised and broken by the pressures of life. Others have wronged you and you feel scarred for life. You have old, painful memories that have never been healed. You avoid prayer because you feel too distant, too unworthy, too defiled. Do not despair. The Father's heart is open wide. You are welcome to come in. Perhaps you have prayed for many years, but the words have grown brittle and cold. Little ever happens anymore. God seems remote and inaccessible. Listen to me. The Father's heart is open wide. You are welcome to come in. Perhaps prayer is a delight in your life. You have lived in the divine milieu for a long time and can attest to its goodness. But you long for more. More power, more love, more of God in your life. Believe me, the Father's heart is open wide. You, too, are welcome to come in higher up and deeper in. If the key is prayer, the door is Jesus Christ. How good of God to provide us a way into his heart. Let's pray. God, you are so faithful and you are so good. Thank you for providing us a way into your heart, Lord, for giving us this gift of prayer that you, Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, would want to have conversations with us, would want to be near to us, would want to spend time with us, Lord, is amazing. I pray that that reality would not be lost on us today, but that we would be deeply affected by the fact that you, in all your awesomeness, in all your goodness and perfection and holiness and, and just otherness and mysteriousness, you would want to draw near to us. Help us to be changed by that, God. Help us to hunger for more of you. Help us, Lord, to, to hear your voice. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. All of creation cries out, Lord. Sometimes we're so deaf and blind to it. May we repent for that, Lord. Turn back to you. Confess that, gosh, so often we don't get it. <laughs> And when we do that, Lord, we know that you are waiting there. You've always been there with your arms open wide, ready to embrace us, ready to show us and teach us your ways. Thank you for that. May we all grow in prayer, Lord. May we all grow closer to your heart, become just deeper wells, Lord. Expand our capacity as your vessels to bring hope and healing in this world. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks. Well, thanks again to Aaron Schwab for joining us on today's episode. What I love about Aaron is that she is someone who not only knows a lot about prayer, 
but she's speaking out of the overflow of her own vibrant, real life in prayer with God. What an awesome model for all of us who are learning to pray with humility, honesty, and devotion. All the resources that Aaron mentioned are linked here in the show notes. If you found this conversation to be helpful, please share with a friend. This podcast is a resource of Mountain Christian Church, and we're here for you as you continue exploring your faith. So feel free to reach out and connect anytime. The best way to do that is through the email in the show notes. And thanks again for being here. Until next time, take care and know that we are walking alongside you.